And so today is one of those topics I want to pick up where we left off last week. Um, I want to start with a question. Because this is the premise that I want us to be thinking about and the lens I want us to look through as I talk to you today. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered, how can I live my life in a way to have continual favor and blessings of God on it? Great question, right? I mean, what can I do to get it and to keep it? And so my hope is to show us today through scripture how you can live with the favor and the blessings of God in your life. Listen to this. The choice is yours. Now, I want to speak to those who think that God is fair. Okay. This is, this is not in my notes, so we're already off in another place, okay? But this, we're obeying the Holy Spirit, right? God, God is not fair when it comes to rewarding everyone the same, even though the person he's rewarding may have sacrificed more. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Okay, how many of you, have, if you're, how many of you are married and have kids? Or how many of you got kids? You have children? Okay. We had two sons. They were not the same. Now, if you have one child, then you're going to have to just listen to me. <laughs> but it still works. We had two children. You give them both the same responsibilities. One of them does it. One of them doesn't. One of them does it, one of them doesn't. One of them obeys, one of them disobeys or doesn't do it. So they're still, they're still my children. They're still gonna come home, live in my house. They're still gonna get dinner tonight, but one of them's gonna get their allowance and the other one's not. One of them's gonna get to go out tomorrow night and the other one's not. Is that fair? Uh, oh, you set me up for a trick question, pastor. Because I wanted to say God is fair. No, no. The choice is up to you. The past four weeks, we talked what it means when we say, I'm in. Everybody that's in, say, I'm in. All right, we've been te teaching on this for four weekends. And so we talked about, I'm invited to God's family. I'm, I'm invaluable to God's work. I'm influential for God's glory. And last week, we got on point number four of, I'm invested in God's church. And so today I want to continue where we ended up last week talking from the topic of I'm invested. So let me review briefly. We learned last week, if you weren't here, our life here on earth is really about investing and preparing for heaven. Our, our, if, you, if you were here last week, come on, stay with me here. Our ultimate purpose is serving Jesus and being invested in God's church for eternity. That's our ultimate purpose. We also learned that we will face two judgments. The first judgment is the great white throne judgment where we all stand before God and he's gonna ask every one of us the question, what did you do with my son Jesus? And you're gonna to wanna to say, I received him as my savior. I received his free gift of salvation. I made Jesus the Lord of my life. That's the answer you're gonna to wanna to be able to give. That's the great white throne judgment. 
everybody's going to stand before God. But there's a second judgment. And a lot of people don't know this. This judgment won't determine whether you go to heaven or hell, but it will determine what heaven is like for you. 2 Corinthians 5, Paul wrote it this way. He said, for we Christians must all appear. Everybody say all. All appear Christians. So he's not talking to unbelieving, unsaved people. He's talking to Christians who are saved. We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And each one, everybody say all. That each one may receive what is due to him or her for the things done while in the body. In other words, what did you do with your life for Jesus after your salvation? Salvation is free, but what did you do after that? Salvation is free, but after you're saved, you have an assignment. So what are you doing with your life and what are you doing with your assignment? So here's where we pick up today. And here's the question I want you to, that I want you to think about. And I want the statement I want you to, to fully understand today. An invested life is a blessed life. An invested life is a blessed life. And it's crucial to understand that. It's crucial to, un to understand and remember. And if you don't know this, you've got to get this. You play a significant role in how the blessings and favor of God will look like in your life. Now, I want to start from the very, very beginning and go back to the book of Genesis for just a moment, Genesis chapter 2. Because in the beginning, we see that God wanted man, men, women, us, young people, all of us, God wanted us invested in this relationship, God and us. Let me show you Genesis chapter 2. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east of Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, there were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Everyone say, I'm invested. Say, I'm invested. He put man in the garden that he created to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any of the trees in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. You have a choice. So let's Put it in terms to understand. God created the garden. God put man in the garden. God instructed man to work all of it. God said, one tree of the garden is mine and it's not yours to eat from, but you must work it and tend to it anyway. Everybody say, I'm invested. And if you do eat from it, it won't be good for you. It'll bring death and not life to, to all that you do. 
God wants you invested. And he gave every one of us a free will. And we get to choose whether we're going to obey him or not. So, so let's look at it this way. Okay. God created this earth. God put you on it. God told all of us to be stewards of it. We good so far? Right out of the scripture. Or I hope you're, hope you're good. This is scripture, right? God said, I want you to be stewards of it. And then God said, part of what I provide for you is not for you to eat from. It belongs to him. And if we do eat it, we die. Maybe not instantly, but we remove his favor from our life and we're left to our own ability without his blessings. To earn what we can earn, to build what we can build, you're left to do it on your own because he removes his favor. Now, we see this played out. Think about it this way. In when Adam and Eve ate from the tree, God said was his, and they were put out of the garden of Eden that God had made for them. It was because of their disobedience that they, was, that they were put out of what God had created. He said, you can have everything in here, but because you chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the one tree I said is mine. You got all the rest. Just give me that one. Let me have that one. Don't touch that one. Tend to it. Take care of it, but you don't eat from that one. From the beginning of time, the first two people on the planet, God said, I want you invested in this relationship. I want you to have a choice whether you're going to follow me, obey me, trust me, or not. Are you with me so far? And from then on, when they were put out of the Garden of Eden, the Bible says they had to work with a ground and earth that was cursed with thorns and weeds in order to grow their food. They didn't have the cursed ground when they were in the Garden of Eden as long as they obeyed God. But when they disobeyed God and partook of that which he said was his, leave it alone, now they're gonna, they're gonna eat and they're gonna live, but it's gonna be different. There's gonna be thorns and weeds and thistles. Read your Bible and you can grow crops, but now you're gonna to have to tend to all that other stuff. You, could, you just had to tend to the good stuff, but now you got all these. How many of you know you can plant a garden and pl not, don't plant any weeds and the weeds will take over? Thank you, Adam. I want you to understand, you're getting this. It's real simple, but some of us might not have ever looked at it like that. Thank you, Adam. Yep, thanks. Thank you. So, to my statement earlier, you and I play a significant role in how the blessings and the favor of God will look like on our life. I want us to read a few Bible verses and then I want to, I want to let them speak to us, Okay. And the first verse comes from the book of wisdom. The book of wisdom is the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 3, wisdom says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's what wisdom says. Now that's your role. The role you play 
in whether God's favor and blessing and how God's favor and blessing is going to be on your life. Living in the favor and the blessing of God begins with how we honor him and how we obey him. And the word honor simply means to hold something or someone in high regard. Which begs the question, is God highly regarded in your life and in your decisions and in your actions? I can tell by what you do and what you say and how you live whether he's highly regarded or not. You don't have to say anything. Solomon said, honor the Lord. That's the one, the guy who wrote the book of wisdom. He said, honor the Lord. And then he tells us how to honor him. He said, with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Honor God with that. Now, here's another verse you can, that I think needs to speak to us. And we talked about this one last week. Matthew 6, 21, it's Jesus. These are, these are our Savior's words, okay? He's teaching people just like I'm teaching you today. Jesus is talking to his followers. And he says, where your treasure is, y'all with me? Okay, that was like 20%. Y'all with me? Yes. Come on, if you're with me, say yes. yes. If you want me to stop. I don't know what I want you to do if you want me to stop. Because <laughs> I'm not going to stop. <laughs> if you want me to continue, say yes. yes. Okay. Because remember, it's up to you. <laughs> I'm teaching the word. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to. Let me explain the word, and then it's up to you. So... Look at your neighbor and say, it's up to you. Okay. okay. Where your, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your, that, read it with me, there your heart will be also. Let, let me say it this way. The places and the people we give our treasure to are the keepers of our heart and the objects of our affection. The places and the people we give our treasure to are the keepers of our heart and the object of our affection. Someone said, our treasure is clearly identified by two books, our appointment book and our checkbook. Now, we don't use checkbooks or appointment books, but I got one in my phone I have a calendar, and I check it every single day. I put stuff in there. There it is right there. There's my calendar. I'm like, oh, gosh, I got all that to do tomorrow. I better change something here. So you got stuff, and then I got my, got my bank accounts right there. There it is. It's loading. Right? There's one of my bank accounts, and, and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, okay, where am I? What's my activity? I, that, that's, what, that's what I treasure. What's on my calendar and what's in my activity list of my check, that's what I treasure. So I'm asking all of us today, where have you placed your treasure? Because that's where your heart, thoughts, affection, concerns. We understand that there's more than 2,300 portions of scripture in the Bible that speak directly to the subjects of generosity and giving and tithing, and offering, and stewardship, and so on. So it's important for us to recognize today that the practice of generosity and giving, and our attitude in which we give, is of great importance to God. Why is that? Because money is a tool. Money is a tool. It stinks, 
It's dirty. I don't mean dirty money and like laundering money. I mean, it, it's passed through hands and it's, and, and we don't even, now we don't use a lot of money anymore, but we still like money. We, we still, it's still a number in that, in that figure that you look up on your, on your phone. It's money. And so for the sake of understanding, I, I want you to know this. Before there was a monetary system, people exchanged goods and livestock and crafts, what they could build or make. And then God established a similar giving system when he was teaching his church. And he said in Deuteronomy 14, bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary or his church. So bring the tithe where God chooses to put his favor, his blessings in his church, bring it to the church. And then he goes on to read in this verse, you can see it behind me, this applies to your tithes of grain, of new wine that you're getting from your vineyard that you've made, of olive oil that you press from the olives, and you bring the firstborn of your flocks. So every firstborn calf and every firstborn lamb that comes from your herds, you bring it to me. All of it comes to me. The first and the best of your harvest comes to me. Now, there's a whole teaching. We don't have time to go into all of this today. We're gonna to have to come back to some of this because it's very important. There were what's called clean and unclean animals that God accepted as sacrifices. An unclean animal, for example, would be a chicken or a, or a donkey. So just because the chicken laid her first egg, he said, you can't bring that, that chick. I don't, I don't accept chickens. So God's pretty particular. He said, don't take a baby donkey and bring it to me. I don't accept that. But I have a system where you can, you can allow that to be sold and bring what was, was made off of the first one. Bring that to me. There's a whole biblical teaching in this that gives you a principle, okay? So let me go back to where we are right now. So just stay with me. God said that the, the, the word tithe, that was in this verse, the word tithe is a Hebrew word, okay? It's Old Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The word tithe means a tenth, okay? But it doesn't just mean any tenth. It means the first tenth. Because remember he said, I want you to bring me your, the tithe of your grain and oil and, and, uh, and wine and the firstborn of your animal. So it's the first. He wants the best and the first. God said the tithe is the first and the best of everything that, that you have. It all belongs to the Lord. And the firstborn from your livestock belong to the Lord. And so men were to bring it to God's house as an act of worship. Now, over time... The monetary system was created, and for the most part, it replaced the system of exchanging crops and animals and goods and services like we have today. And so today, we exchange our life, are you with me, and our time and our skill for what? We exchange it for money. We exchange it for a paycheck. Then, we exchange our paycheck for electricity <laughs> and for food. And a lot of it for gasoline. And milk and beef, a lot of it. And for a mortgage. You, you exchange. So we exchange our life, 
our skill, our time to get a paycheck, money, and then we take our money and we exchange it for mortgage and car payment and the things that we adore, the things that we need, the things that we want. So we're actually exchanging our life for these commodities. You gave 40, 50, 60, 70 hours at work, got a paycheck, it was money. So we don't raise cattle, some people do, but I'm saying we have a monetary system. Even those who have grain and farm and have cattle, they go to the auction, get money for it, and then we, we exchange it that way, right? There's a monetary system. So we're actually exchanging our life for all of that. All along, God has said, I just simply want to be a part of your life. And before there was a monetary system, he said, when you're exchanging your, your lambs and you're exchanging your crops, and you, I, just, I just want the first. Bring the first to the house of God. Bring the tithe of your grain. Bring it, bring it to the house of God so that the church, the house of God can do, the priests can do, we can, we can create and, and have worship so that we can honor. Because if you understand God's worship system, especially at the beginning of time, an animal had to be offered every day. The blood had to be shed as worship unto God. That was worship to God. Today we lift up the sacrifice of praise, which is our hands. We were doing that in church today. I offer up to God. You understand all of, this is really this is where it gets so deep and it, it can go for a long time. There's so much to learn here. We offer up now the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. You didn't have to bring a turtle dove or a calf in the back seat of your car and then let's offer it down here and cut its throat and offer that to God today. You didn't have to do that. You came in and he said, I want you to be the sacrifice. I want you to offer offer up praise to me. I want you to do that. Okay? So, so God's, this whole structure, this whole system is, is that God wants to be a part of our life. And whatever you're exchanging your life for, God says, Give, I want you to include me. When, when, you, when you work 40, 50, 60 hours and you get that paycheck and then you start exchanging that time that you took and received as a paycheck for mortgage and for car and for you know, all the things you like, just remember, he said, include me in that. I want to be first. So what does that look like for us today? Well, tithing is our spiritual practice of giving back to God the first 10% of all we earn. So for every $100 God blesses me with, the first 10, he says, bring it to me. That's the tithe. That's the 10th part, okay? Now allow me to illustrate. Y'all gonna have to give me a little bit of time here today. You good, Pastor Jerry? All right, I just heard noise behind me and that makes me nervous because it's, it's like I'm at the end of the road and I ain't there yet. <laughs> Some of y'all might be, I, ho I hope you're not. So, so I got an illustration and, and I want Michael Garcia to come up here. Come on, Michael. Boy, I just pull that, you just, he's like, oh my gosh. Michael Garcia and his precious little wife, here they are. <laughs> come on up here, Michael. Tell her, say, say you love her right here from the state. Love you. I love you, honey. Tell her how beautiful she is. You're so beautiful. No, don't put your hand on my shoulder. Oh, Tell her that. <laughs> That's just, it's good. We just want to watch for We can play along. Okay. I know y'all are in love. How many years you been married? Don't look at him. Don't look. How many years you been married? Five years. Is that right? A few days. 
All right, Michael. One, I got $10 bills. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Correct? You work at a bank? No. No. Okay, just making sure. Because I didn't count very fast. Those bank, those people, they know how to count fast. So, so this is, this is mine right here, right? It's mine. You, you didn't know I was going to do this, did you? No. Okay. Ten. It's not a trick, everybody. I'm not going to do a magic trick. I'm just going to show you something. That's a hundred dollars, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten, ten dollar bills equals how much? Hundred dollars. Good. Good answer. Hundred dollars. So, I want to give these to you. They're mine, but I'm choosing to bless you with it. How's that? Oh, wow. I'm serious. You're going to take it home. Okay. It's his. I mean, it's his. Right? I gave it to him. Oh, hold, hold on. I'd like to have one back. Man, that was quick. You, I didn't have it before. You said you didn't have it before. Mm, you didn't have any of it before. And so it's easy to give, you want, that was quick to give me 10 back. You sure you want to do that? Yes, what, you sure you don't want like half of that? <laughs> okay. Or a fourth of that? Or, or just, just keep it all and, and, and just go away and just tell me thank you? I'd like to have 10 back though. Yes, sir. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Okay. okay. So this is mine to keep. I, I gave it all to you because I want to bless you because you've been faithful and you worked hard and you love God. And I just want you to know that without me, you wouldn't have any of it. But it's true. No, I mean, right? Without God, you wouldn't have any of it. But there's yours. There's 90 bucks. I'll take the 10. Bless you. Take it. Go take your wife for five-year dinner. Okay? Go enjoy it. Now, how easy was that? Like, how easy was that? I mean, so, yeah, she's been wanting those shoes, so there you go. <laughs> Any questions? Any questions? Okay, here's what I'd like to do for the time I have remaining is I want to share a couple thoughts with you as to why Janet and I have really learned that being invested in God's church and in his work really places the favor and blessings of God on your life. And not only am I a pastor, not only am I a man, not only am I a husband, a father, I'm a businessman. Janet and I have been good stewards and I'm, I'm entrepreneurial, I love business, and God has given me favor and blessings. And there's things in my life that some people would look at and say, how did you get that? And they don't understand. Well, I don't, I mean, I pastor this church. It's my first priority. Pastor Nathan is taking that responsibility. And here we are as founding. I've given 35 years here, but I've also been doing other things. You know, there, there's time that some people sit at home, watch TV, and I sit at home and do some other things and it's been profitable and God just keeps blessing because I keep turning things back to God and the more you turn back to God, the more he blesses you with and the more you turn back to God and the more he blesses you with, the more you turn back to God. So 
So you, you don't judge a person by what you see. You gotta judge a person, shouldn't be judging them anyway, but if you're gonna judge somebody, you need to, you, you need to know the story. <laughs> and so while some people have been playing, I love what, what Dave Ramsey says. He says, pay now, play later. Or play now, pay later. Well, I chose the first one. I chose to pay now to be diligent. My dad told me when I was 17 years old, I said, hey, I'd like to buy that truck. A friend of mine was selling his beautiful, clean. And, I, and he, my dad gave me this as a principle. Listen to me. He said, if you'd have saved your money, you could have bought that truck. And he walked off, not, oh man, that's awesome. Here, I'll help you get it, we'll make a loan. He didn't do that. He said, save your money. So you know what I learned? At 17 years old, it finally hit me. Save your dang money. Okay, and I didn't have a lot. I was in high school, going to college. Here we go. Here's the things, I wanna share with you a couple thoughts. Can I do this for a minute? I wanna share with you why Janet and I believe in irrational generosity and we bring our tithe and give our offerings to our church. Number one, we give because wisdom says that we should. I say wisdom. I read it to you. The book of Proverbs says, honor the Lord with your wealth. We do that. Give him the best part. We do that. And then he'll fill your barns with grain and your vats. Let's put that in perspective. He'll give you blessings and favor and money and land. Things will happen. There'll be prosperity come to you if you obey the Lord. That's the scripture. It's very, very clear to me that if you practice and bring the first and the best of God, that he will open the windows of heaven. So it's your choice if you want to live under an open heaven. Okay. So tithing is the most practical way for us and consistent way that Janet and I put God first. So it has taught us to develop healthy giving habits. So we don't just wait and give spontaneously or by emotion. No, we're giving. We have a structure. We've got a plan. Here's what we plan to give. Here's what we're going to give. And the Lord just starts providing. And then we just start giving. We just keep doing it. And then we, sometimes he says, I want you to give and trust me. I want you to give in advance. It's like saving money before you have the chance to know when you would need it. So tithing is the single most tangible way that we feel and clearly see that we honor God. Here's another verse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there's food in my house. If you do, everybody say, if you do. Everybody say, it's your choice. See, it's if, God says, you don't have to do this. And you can get put out of the Garden of Eden and live with the thorns and the thistles if you want to. Or you can stay in the favor of God and then, you know, how many, how many of you have ever heard this? Don't, don't get tight on me here. Everybody okay? Everybody still loose? Okay. You ever heard it said, everything they touch turns to gold. Well, So if it was only Proverbs 3 and Malachi 3 that taught us about tithing, it would be enough scriptures for Janet and I, and we practice that. So, and, and, and here's the second reason, I'm gonna condense this because of time. We practice irrational generosity because New Testament believers gave of their income consistently and generously. All right, go to the scripture and you see it. Let me read it to you. Paul says, on the first day of every week, each one of you should put aside something from what you have earned during the week and use it for this offering. And the amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. Plain and simple. Paul ended up using the generosity of the Macedonians, that's who he's talking to here, as a model. He, ended, he used their, their generosity as an example that would be a template for churches to come. And this confirms the principles of the first and the best and the consistency. He said, at the first of every week. 
So God wants to be first in your life, and, and, and he, has, he doesn't have to ask you if he's first. He can watch your behavior. So on the first of every week, each of you should set aside an offering. Everybody say, that's me. That includes all of us. Don't get quiet on me now. This is why tithing is so ingenious, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it for a minute. Tithing is ingenious. It's the same for every single one of us. Oh, no, it's not. They make more money than me. Oh, no, it's the same. It's the same. God requires the same. It's the first 10%. Everyone sets aside, Paul said, in proportion to our income. So it's, it's, it's the same for everybody. Isn't that ingenious? And then the offering, of course, is anything I give beyond the tithe that Paul talks about. So Janet and I have learned this. We've learned that giving, you can't outgive God. In fact, gosh, I'm, let me say it this way. Janet and I practice irrational generosity because it releases the blessings of God on our life. And many of you know Janet's journey. May was 25 years she's been fighting cancer. We got a really good report a few months ago and we got a not so good report 30 days ago. Got a great report a few months ago. But cancer and tumors back, all that stuff. So I could be bitter and angry and say, well, God, you're not blessing my life. Man, there's so many ways God's blessed us. First of all, she's learned to live, unfortunately, with cancer for 25 plus years when doctors say she should have died years ago. They gave her three or four years and, and here she still is. So thank you. And thank you for clapping, but we've been faithful and obedient and never one time questioned God about his being first in our life. Listen, I told God, like, where are we going to go? You're everything we got. I'm leaning on you. And so we honored her father and mother. The Bible says honor your parents and you'll live long on the earth. Well, we honored her mom and dad and she's still alive. We're honoring my mom and dad. Dad's 85, mom's be 83 next month. We honor them, we honor them. And we're gonna live long on the earth in Jesus' name, right? But, but our giving is out of the generosity of our heart. And you gotta understand the favor and blessings of God just keep coming. Even though I haven't seen a miracle of cancer being gone, there's been so many miracles. Caitlin, is this you right here? Wave your hand. And this is your husband, is it Jeff? Hey, Jeff. Sorry, you ought to know. She's a brand new nurse at our cancer clinic. I've seen her there a couple of times and we went in for chemo this week and she's waited on Janet. She served Janet as her nurse on rotation and we got to meet her. She goes, oh, well, we go to Skybreak. I'm like, you do? Awesome. And so Jeff hadn't had the privilege of meeting you, met your lovely wife and she was so kind to Janet. And so, and so you know, our, our life, I mean, it's amazing the people we've met and what God is doing. You gotta just get all this in perspective. Now, I, I could go on and on. Let, let, me, let me end it this way today. I have so many scriptures and I'm gonna put these, tell you what we'll do, we'll put these up for you guys. I'll put the whole sermon notes up. If we can, can we do that? I'll put these whole sermon notes up. You can read them on your own because I've skipped about two thirds. But I, I will read this. Second Corinthians, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share. That's the word of God, okay? Here's another verse. Here's another verse. This is up to you. This is up to you now. It's your choice, all right? Here's another verse. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Well, we know that in science. You, you learned that in like the fourth grade, putting seed in the, in the little cup and watching it grow. If you put one seed in, you get one plant. If you put five seeds in the ground, you get five plants. 
because he who sows generously will also reap generously. So we've learned that, haven't we, babe? We just keep sowing and we keep giving and we keep, and God just keeps blessing. It's up to you. You wanna live in that blessing and favor? Then there's some trust and obedience here on your part, right? Here's another verse out of the book of wisdom. I love this one. He says, give freely and become more wealthy. Now that doesn't even compute with us, right? We, we, we think we give and we have less. And God says, no, that's in man's mind. In my world, you give, more will come. You see, you gotta quit thinking the way you think and you gotta start, so then he says the generous will prosper. So don't, don't be jealous of anybody else or envious of other people or judge people if you see favor on their life. That would not be the thing to do. Just practice obedience and trust. Put God first and watch what he'll do in your life, right? And so the goal of this message, and, and I'm gonna land here, is that we don't live under the law of giving. Church, listen to me. <laughs> we wanna live under the spirit of giving. As a believer, and we bring the first and the best to God because his grace is sufficient. And he went to that cross that we just sang about and he shed his blood. And I'm like, I want other people to get ready for heaven. So I'm going to lay up treasure in heaven. So our giving is in response to what Jesus has done in our lives. And tithing to me is a privilege. And that's baseline, that's, that's entry level giving. In my mind, now if it's, if it's new for you, it might be a, a huge decision, right? It will be, because you're gonna have to re restructure your budget and your, your thinking. I mean, but we've been doing it for so many years. I mean, I've been tithing 50 years since I was 10, 12 years old, all my life, and all of our marriage, 43 years giving and tithing. So then you start giving above that. So can I, can I stretch you? So, so this message is a reminder for some of you. It's an encouragement for others of us who have been faithful. And then it's a, it's a challenge or an opportunity for those who are new to this. But <laughs> now Janet and I, we've, we've lived this so long. Our goal is now to give above 25%. Now, I'm only telling you that for example. So you got to think, don't just limit God to 10%. Because <laughs> when you step into another realm of faithfulness. So back to my question at the beginning of the service. Do you think God is fair? The answer is yes and no. He's fair to you. Whatever boundary you set for him to bless you, he'll bless you. But if you lift the boundary, you expand the, the obedience, his fare to you is gonna look different than his fare to someone else. So you're gonna go to heaven, but it's gonna determine what heaven's gonna be like for you. Do you think for a minute we're gonna stand beside the apostle Paul who was boiled in oil for the gospel and him not get a reward that he has deserved and earned, Jesus said, my rewards I bring with me. He's talking to his church. I'm bringing my, when I come, I'm bringing rewards. And I'm gonna bless those who have sacrificed and given. I'm gonna bless them. And so it's your choice. So I'm just asking and appealing to you today. Remember, it all belongs to him. 
<laughs> Michael, you didn't know you were going to get that. Didn't belong to you, but you received it because I chose to give it to you. And you gave me 10 back. Thank you. Now I can go buy me another coffee. I can do what I want to with it. I'm not God, but I gave it back. Each one should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a... Say it with me, God loves a... Eight pages of notes and not enough time. But it's enough for you to see what God is saying to you. So let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. And I pray your word has been a lamp to our feet today and that you are expanding the hearts of people. Let not this message be condemnation at all, but let it be conviction from your word. Because God, there's so many things you see that you want to do through us, but we're the gatekeeper of what you allow, of what we allow you to do through us. We're the gatekeeper, so we have to get bigger and expand and trust and be obedient so you can, you can entrust us with more so we can be blessed beyond measure so that the kingdom of God can be built and we can lay up treasure for heaven and we can help people get saved now so they're ready for eternity. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given us health and life and breath and eyes and ears, hands and feet and skills and knowledge and jobs and family and opportunities and thoughts and a brain that works and thinking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You gave it to me. All of it belongs to you. Never let me forget every ability I have, every thought, every breath of air, every beat of my heart comes from you. And you just say, I want to be first. I just want to be first in your life. And I want to know that. I want others to know that. And they know that by how we live and what we do. So Father, I pray you're expanding somebody's heart and mind today. It's our choice. The level of favor and blessing you will pour out upon our life. And I pray today that people will step out in faith and you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour them out so much. Your scripture says, your word says that it would be more than we could contain. Help us to prepare for that in Jesus' name. We want to live in the Garden of Eden and we're not going to touch that tree. You said that's yours. We're going to take care of it. We're going to tend to it. But that's yours. Everybody look at me just for a moment. To help you with this, we have began what we call FPU. FPU is Financial Peace University. And we have people in our church that are qualified. Lisa Choppa is a certified Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey, she's a certified financial coach under Dave Ramsey organization and Financial Peace University. We offer it twice a year. The, the new journey just started last Wednesday night. You can get in. I asked them today to open the door. You can still get in. You want to know how to get out of debt. You want to know how to manage your money. You want to know how to get God to bless you. You can start this Wednesday night. There's a small fee. It's not a fee for us. It's for financial peace. We, it's not our, that's not our, we, in fact, we as a church sowed a seed and invested money 
so that it would be cheaper for everybody. Anybody wants to come Wednesday night? You can go online on the app. Am I right? It's right up there. There you go. Scan that, Financial Peace Universe, go to the app, go to the website. We want to provide for you because I've preached the conviction of the Lord may be in your heart, but now you're like, well, what do I do? There you go. If you're serious about getting out of debt, get your money in order and being a blessing so God can bless you and, and, and use you more, here you go, Financial Peace University. Okay? Does everybody say yes? All right, I want you to bow your heads with me one more time. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord, Nobody moving around, very still, very quiet, very important moment. This is our culture here. We wait and we ask God to touch people. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, everything I preached about today was so we can do things to reach you. So we can be generous and practice irrational generosity because we love lost people and we don't want anybody not to go to heaven. And so if you're here and you're not sure or you're watching somewhere right now and you're not sure you're ready to go to heaven, the Bible says, confess that Jesus is Lord. Repent of your sin and your past. Give it to him and believe that he was raised from the dead. And if you will confess, you'll say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I believe you died for me and you rose again. The Bible says you can be saved. I wanna pray that prayer with every one of you right now, and we're all gonna pray it together. Here's why your heads are bowed, because I'd like to ask you to do something. If you say, Pastor, that's me, I wanna pray that prayer. I wanna confirm today I'm ready for heaven. I would like for you to raise your hand so I'll know who I'm praying with. I wanna make sure I'm ready to go to heaven. Would you do that? Just lift your hand. Be bold and courageous. Lift it up right now. Right now, thank you so much. Just lift that hand. Right there on a the screen, wherever you're watching from, I want you to know we can pray with you. There's people here. Click that screen. You, it tells you where to go. You can talk to somebody right now. Just raise your hand in this auditorium right now. That's me, that's me. I wanna make sure I'm ready. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your hands are up, different places. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. You can put those hands down now. Now look at me and let's all pray this together. Okay, say, dear Jesus, Forgive me of my sin. Take away my past. I invite you into my world to be Lord and leader of my life. And from this day forward, I'll do my best to honor you and to serve you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you just made the decision to invite God into your life, we would love to know. You can text SCSAVE to 97000. That way we can help equip you with some next steps for you to take along this new journey. If this message was a blessing to your life and you'd like to help support Skybreak financially, you can give online using the Skybreak Church app. Well, hey, we would love for you to join us in person this upcoming Sunday morning at 915. But until then, we hope you have a great week and we will see you Sunday.